and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Welcome to our discussion of Hyperion, the gigantic sci-fi Canterbury Tales. Yes, yes. It was big and very, very, very long. Like, I'm looking back. So Peter and I both finished this book today. And by today, I mean within the last hour. And looking back at, like, Hoyt's story, does that not seem like a completely different book? Oh, my God. It was so long ago. But we also had a completely different... um, Different vibe. It was, like, the one that didn't deal directly with the Shrike. Exactly. It was just, like, on Hyperion. God, but it was the biggest bummer, I think. Oh, my God, yes. And it was, like, (laughs) terrifying. And I was, like, worried I was going to have nightmares about the cruciform. Oh, God. Just innately disturbing. Oh, oh God. man. Uh, well, okay. So, I guess we're, we're diving we, into Are we diving in? Story. Yeah. Which <laughs> story first? Well, like, we didn't really know what was going on until... With, a, like, pilgrimage until way later anyway, so... Yeah, Hoyt's story kind of is, like, the first real plot point. And it was the first the first story told, wasn't it? Yes. So, let's... How about, how about we tackle these in order? All right, let's go. Okay, now we're going to argue later about what the order is, but that's beside the point. So, <laughs> um, his his longtime friend, what was it? Uh, it wasn't father, really even his friend. It was just like a guy that he knew and looked up to. Fair enough. His longtime guy Paul he looked Duray. up to. Paul Duray. Good, CC. Do you feel like Duray is kind of a um, like an ironic name for him? Or perhaps an appropriate name? I think it's appropriate. <laughs> He's durable. Thanks, Caruciform. Oh, uh, God. This, I, let's let's bang through this one. It makes me so sad. Okay, so first of all, I love that he's a Jesuit. I know! It totally would be a Jesuit. Doing, like, um, he's an ethnographer. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That sounds about right, yep. That sounds about right? That tracks. And then he found, like, this weird, like, homage to what he thought was Christianity. Yeah, like and you know thousands what? of years before Christianity was formed on Earth. This is another one of those books, like the Rama books, where it's just like, there's a lot that's not explained. Yeah. C- including and all that shit. Now, like, they were released in relatively similar periods of time. Like, maybe not, like, around, you know, the same time, but, like, the culture of sci-fi was the same in this period, those two periods. Really? When was Rama released? Do you remember? I think it was, oh, God. Oh, golly. You made a statement. Now you can't back it up. Now I have to back it up. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Real quick while Peter's Googling. <laughs> I think that, like, you could easily explain the cruciform stuff by being like, oh, that's just, like, a natural phenomena, and it's just coincidence that it's a cross, and so on and so forth. But, like, the basilica was extremely mysterious and intriguing, and, like, why does this exist? Fascinating. Okay, they were a decade apart, but I think the point, my point's to <laughs> No, like, the culture of sci-fi was the same, right? Sure, it was I don't like, know. Maybe. Well, like, you look at this story with this grandiose, these grand ideas, these poorly explained scientific phenomena, <laughs> like the quantum leap. Um, the Hawking Drive. Yeah, let's just take a scientist's name and, and just stick it on there and call it a drive. Okay, sure. yeah, I, I was wondering, Peter, like, did you have a, a even an inkling of what the Hawking Drive could be? Oh, God, no. I wasn't sure if that was something he'd actually theorized or anything like that. I'm supposed to be the weird physics nerd. Yeah. This whole time I was like, I'm going to ask Peter if he has an idea what that is. Because, like, I don't know. Had had Hawking speculated about a specific kind of space drive? 
like, I'm sure he has offhandedly, but he hasn't done, like, any major research into it. Right, this hasn't been, like, Hawking designs. <laughs> yeah, Hawking, like, travel. Hawking back of napkin maths faster than, like, travel. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't, so there's nothing like that's happened. Um, he's actually, I think, gone out and said faster than, like, travel is po- impossible without a serious modification to space-time. Um, so, I don't know. Well, I didn't hear that. I'm going to be honest, because I was laughing, because I was looking at my notes, and they autocorrected Basilica to Brasilia. <laughs> I just thought that sounded so stupid. <laughs> Ancient um, stone Brasilia. <laughs> wait, back to the cruciform. Yes. So, this kind of leads me to the labyrinths. Oh my god, I know, just mentioned offhand. Why the fuck was that mentioned at all? And like... like I would have an easier time with the labyrinths if they just existed in a Hyperion, except that there's nine, right? Nine labyrinthine worlds. Yeah. And I, like, I'm looking at this future of humanity, because if there was, like, something like that on Earth, that would be all I thought about. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you guys doing in your day-to-day that you're not like, so how about these labyrinths that just kind of exist? Well, you know what Are we not worried about that? We're cool cool with those giant caverns under the surface, and we don't know who built them or why, but we're pretty sure they're artificial. Okay. And we're pretty sure they're not going to blow up. Okay. Apparently, we're sure about that. I mean, I think that they... So, was the idea... So, they mentioned it so offhand, I barely understood. Was the idea that, like, they had known through scanners and stuff that the labyrinths existed, but, like, they hadn't ever found entrances? Because I it sounded like found... it was a big deal that Duray found an entrance. I think they never found natural entrances. They must have made their own. That's true. Maybe. There's no way they could go, like, there's nothing in any of these labyrinths, but they're very, like, square and perfect. Yeah, the whole whole relationship between humanity and other intelligent life in this universe was very strange. Well, we have to get to the console story to talk about that. Yeah, we'll get more into that later. But But, I'm just saying it's weird. Um, I thought that... The whole, like, what did you think about, I guess, the Catholic Church in this universe? I thought it was funny that it survived this long. I was about to say. TBH. I was surprised it was only just dying. They were like, now it's dying. I'm like, oh, just now. Oh, this is the beginning of the death, huh? It's ironic because you probably have more Catholics than they've ever had. They have an entire oh, yeah. planet of Catholics. How huh, Paul DeRay? Isn't that weird? Yeah, like New Vatican. Yeah. Although I, I found it very enticing, the idea of... Um, finding forms of christ worship in non-human artifacts and i was like i can see why you'd fabricate that right that's extremely compelling yeah that would be like oh shit that would be a very big like oh hi here's the literal proof of god christian yes. god yeah christian our form of god Here we were the right ones suck it <laughs> yeah i i just i like even though he never really found definitive proof of that i think that's really interesting I think the idea was he found some things that would point to the idea, but they didn't find any conclusive evidence, so they fabricated so the they conclusive like, evidence. Yeah, they, like, beefed it up a little bit. Yeah, I think that was the idea. Because he was like, yeah, we found ideas of it, and, like, I was like, wow, that's so compelling, but this isn't enough to convince anyone. Right. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. So, I mean, which I get, honestly. Like, all right. <laughs> if I Probably was, wouldn't actually falsify data, but, like, I get the If I had devoted my to. entire life to a certain ideology and i saw it dying before my very eyes i could get that i could get behind that you i could see how you'd resort to some desperate measures not only devoted my life devoted my celibate life 
<laughs> very important distinction there. Very significant. <laughs> so that sucks. The cruise form is the scare- creepiest, weirdest thing. Oh, so unsettling. Even before the like what happened to Duray was made clear, it was oh, so God. unsettling. And I felt like such despair when you realized what was going on with Hoyt. That like he had his own cruciform. I don't even know where he got his own cruciform. But then he also had um, d- durets. I think what happened was the indigenes was like, oh, cool, you have one of those, cruci- those little cruciforms. You follow the way of the cruciform on your neck there. I guess we'll have to do what we did with Duray. And they put a cruciform on him. Did he like go get the cruciform first and then he found Duray and was like, fuck. I think he probably turned around and found himself surrounded and they're like, let's go, motherfucker. Oh, God. Ugh. And, like, the yeah. fact that he was, like, oh, but, like, he won and, like, you know, he was free, but then the, the, the cruciform's on him now, which means that, like, Dore didn't win. Like, he's still going to come back. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, it's I guess, that gets, That becomes a very weird metaphysical question. Because I think I... I mean, he I, would. God, I wish we, like, knew priests, because I would actually ask a priest this question. What? Like, I wish I, like, I had, like, a priest that, like, was around my age and I was cool with. Because I'd be like, all right, listen, <laughs> I got some shit for you. Wait, what do you mean? Because, like, you don't get revived as yourself. You're not just being, like, brought back from the brink. You are being consumed and remade. So, it depends on what your definition of the soul is. But I argue that you're gone. Your soul is gone. Well, okay, so that was one thing that I felt like it was unclear. Because they, they made a big fuss about how the um the what are they the three score and ten were really stupid and was that supposed to be because they had been like destroyed and remade so many times through like accidents and you know various forms of death that the cruciform just kept making shittier and shittier copies of them i think it just couldn't make a good enough copy so like you know that's why they were all sexless that's why they all kind of like baby faces i forgot they were sexless that was weird yeah I think that's what's going on. The and they all form. like all look the same, kind of. Like yeah, it only really knows like how to make like one sort of Ken doll man. Yeah, exactly. Hu- human, I should say, because they're they are genderless. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so, so like the, God! What a terrible fate. Yeah, that's kind of the worst thing. Who was the first person who was like, "Hey, what's this? Sh- I'm gonna make a necklace out of this shit." Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're kind of like that's cool. Me. I, I, I don't can't know. see why you do that. I don't know why everyone else would fucking do it afterwards. Yeah, after you no longer... I mean, I guess maybe, like, they were... I... I... Mm, okay. Here's my thought on that. If okay. you were, like, a, like a crash dropship from a seed ship, you have no idea if Earth survived or not, you're, like... And you're suffering when you got there, right? You mm-hmm. are, you know, having difficulty staying alive. It's a very dangerous environment, things like that. I could see trying to fi- finding this thing that you're like, oh, this makes you immortal. Weird. And kind of really investing in it. Or maybe you just see that it, like, heals somebody. And you're like, I'd like to be healed. Yeah, maybe you don't see how. Maybe, like, you buried a guy and he came back and was like, whoa. And you're like, oh, shit, it was a cruciform. No, dude, if I was a fucking, like, crash victim who who was, like, on this desolate planet, I'd probably be like, no thanks, immortality. This is no life. But yeah. I can see being like, ow, I'm in pain, and my friend used to be in pain, but they have this cruciform, and now they're healed. Like, well, then you do that. And they, but you don't realize that it's, like, a immortality. Now, I get that, but what if you... Because think about it, they were basically fleeing a dying world. 
Were they? So they're, I mean, they were from the Dying a, Earth. Yeah, I mean all of them were. Okay. All like the, the seed chips. Yeah, I mean all the seed chips were left when Earth was like starting to go downhill. Earth wasn't gone yet, but it was down going downhill. Right. So I can understand the humanity's last hope. We gotta do what we gotta do. I would never do it, but I can see where they're coming from. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But the point is, it's a fucking bummer. Is there it's more the to worst. say about that? <laughs> that whole no, section? honestly, after that, I was like, is it too late to change the book? Because I was like, I don't want to talk about I don't want this to be a part of my thoughts. I want to. I, I wish. I, can I unread that, that, honestly? I just. Un, just Hoyt's story. It's not that important. It's. And it's. It's such an anomaly. I almost wonder if this book started as, like, a bunch of short stories that they, like, then crafted together. I think that's possible. I think it's also possible that. They just kind of wanted to point out that Hyperion is a fucking creepy and terrible like, place. Yeah, it's just a mysterious, terrible, awful place and never And go people there. are so drawn to it for some reason. I mean, I don't know. It's the time tombs. I guess it's the time tombs. It's the time tombs and the Shrike. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely a big part of it. Ugh. Anyway. I don't know. Let's go on to the next story. Is this the weird pseudo porn? Yes. It was a little porny. Can we not talk about this story? <laughs> This story was fucking weird. <laughs> this was fucking. <laughs> it was. It was. It was fucking. It was fucking fucking. The whole story. <laughs> the whole story. Um. Wait. Real quick. I have this note before then. I guess it's relevant before then. There was the. The uh, concept. Oh, you know why? Because this was when they um, they got to Hyperion and then they met up with an android and they were like, oh, an android. Those are illegal. Yeah. Um. And then they they mentioned offhand the idea that androids were free from original sin and therefore, like, kind of, I guess, angelic figures, which I thought was a really interesting concept. Like, in the, in the Shrike Church. Yeah, the Shrike yeah. Church is all about, like, the Shrike is, you know, God's retribution to man. Yes. And so, Church of the Final Atonement, CC, please. Huh? Church of the Final Atonement, please. Oh, you're right. Excuse me. I didn't mean to... Please don't insult our Shrike terminology. <laughs> um, but the idea that, yeah, like, the, that androids then, therefore, are not a part of the sin of man, and so they're, like, higher beings, which is not something I had ever thought about before. But yeah, I, think, it was I can see weird. that sort of, like, theological rationale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, people have rationalized way weirder shit, so. <laughs> it's just the, I feel like a lot of times we don't see the religions that we know today and the terminology of religion today intersecting with like far future sci-fi which is why i really thought this was interesting like even judaism had like the second diaspora yeah and apparently a second holocaust again mentioned in one sentence and never again. fucking briefly dropped there and just left it yep oh jesus i'm so sorry jewish people That's <laughs> oh my terrible. god who got why do you why did you, you get guys? another holocaust yeah, you got not one but two. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, like Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are all thriving, as well as like new sci-fi religions, which is like I get. I don't think you see that very often. And it was yeah, interesting I, to see the the terminology used, like original sin. Like I, I don't know. Do other people know what original sin is other than Catholics? <laughs> we are kind of obsessed with the whole sin thing. We are very. Uh, you mean That's, Catholics as a. <laughs> It's a rule. Yeah, just Catholics as a rule are pretty interesting. Are very about sin, especially, yes, original sin and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the whole foundation of why we venerate Mary. Yeah, because she was free of original sin, like androids. Like androids. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Mary was a robot. Oh no! Shit. That's how we did it. <laughs> Damn God, you sneaky! You sneaky God! <laughs> no one even noticed you body snatched the little Mary. <laughs> Flash clone. Um, oh no! <laughs> no, that's not what happened. That's so sad. Oh no! Anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> On to Cassandra. Oh shit! That was just that's like a why, little that, aside. Wait, that's that's why Mary got assumed at the end of her life because oh, God was like, shit, I can't be leaving that expensive robot parts around. Gotta harvest that. Gotta gotta get that S- back. Salvage. Uh, she burst into blue flame. Did she burst uh, into blue flame? Ch- ch- no. Oh, you're referencing this book now. I'm referencing. Like, I'm pretty I'm sure she just the, went uh, to heaven. I'm pretty sure she's got like zipped corporeal up. style. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is this weird? This is this is weird for Mary up there surrounded by a bunch of ghosts? <laughs> and she's like really, really old now. <laughs> yeah, eternal life, not eternal youth. <laughs> oh no. Isn't there a Greek character? Isn't there like a, a mythological character who has that curse? I'm almost certain. That sounds very Grecian. It does. It does. Blessed with right. eternal life and not eternal youth. It sounds like something Apollo did to somebody, I think. You fat fucker. That motherfucker. Um, so anyway, so that was a yeah. quick aside. Um, I did cur- was interesting. Wait, which one is this? Kassad is the the porno. Oh yes. I don't feel like there's a lot to discuss about that, except okay, <coughs> the end. The end was weird. He goes oh, on yeah, like wait. a killing spree with this girl and the Shrike, and then the girl is the Shrike. Yeah, the girl takes him to bed and turns out to be the Shrike. Okay, the was she the Shrike, though? Because even the book, they're like, I don't know. Um, well, she, yeah, no. She was, right? Like She had, like, razor-sharp fucking... What if there are two Shrikes? Oh, my God, it's Lady Shrike. It's the she's the Shrike Bride. She's the Shrike's Shrike Bride! <laughs> Franken-Shrike's Bride. <laughs> um, he made himself a bride out of... Never mind, this got bad. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, she seemed to be a person. And it didn't seem like the Shrike had any form-changing abilities. And then remember that they were in the same room together. So I feel like she wasn't literally the Shrike, but maybe she was, like, possessed by the Shrike. But she turned into the Shrike! She, I don't think she literally turned into the Shrike. She just got all metal and pointy, but not full Shrike style. I think he, she he was like, there were blades grabbing at my buttocks. <laughs> Yes. That is a quote. It <laughs> was a quote, huh? No, I mean, she took on a lot of the physiological characteristics of the Shrike, but did not, I don't think, transform fully into the Shrike. Okay, she is either, so she is she Shrike. The Shrike's lover. Yes. Uh, what if Shrikeism can be transferred like vampirism, and that's what happened to her? Oh, damn. Did that happen to Kassad? Kassad is the Shrike? Kassad's the Shrike! That's what oh, happened she- to the the Templar, except not because apparently he's still alive. There's so much left unanswered, Peter. Oh god! I can't wait so to read the next book. I cannot wait. I, <laughs> In fact, I will let's tomorrow. let's stop recording now. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> See ya. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. That was weird. Um, the Shrike's manipulation of time was weird, though. I guess it makes sense because he least lives in the time tides. Yeah, that was a really cool... I felt like that was a really enlightening thing about how he does what he does. And, like, they kept talking about how he could basically, like, be, you know, appear right next to you, but it wasn't that. It was just that he had manipulated time and, like, walked. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, kind of walked. He got a he, coffee. He, tra- <laughs> he moved normally. He just, like, was able to manipulate time, so it looked like he moved creepy. And he can bring other things into 
Into it with him. Into his temporal zone with him. Now, here is my thought. Like, you know how there's all these theories about how the strike is, like, the, the, the retribution of... Like, retribution of God or, like, the final weapon of one of the factions of the Interstellar War. Right. What if the strike is... Because like, it makes sense that, that the argument to support that is that the time ties were like the anti-entropal fields or whatever were placed there by whoever was involved with the time tombs. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they also would have created the Shrike who can manipulate time. Yeah, no, I I, I think that makes sense. Like I'm pretty. I hadn't thought about it that way, but if the, if they are not natural phenomena, then it would make sense that their source is the same civilization. Yes, exactly. Which, let's be honest, my money's on the ousters, if that's the case. My money is on the ousters after the fucking console story. Yeah. Okay, yes. Hang on. Wait. The ousters are mentioned at length in Kassad's story and the console story. And I think that in Kassad's story, they're, like, really kind of creepy, but interesting. But really, the only thing I have against the ousters in Kassad's story is how we talked about them, like, vivisecting people. Yeah, as their form, like as their efficient way of, oh my god, give me the shivers. How they cut off their legs because that was a waste mm-hmm. of nutrients. Mm-hmm. They uh, neural shunted them so that they would be compliant to questioning. Right. And they took out all their organs and soaked them in nutrient baths instead of feeding them. Yes, but then they were, I guess, kept alive. Yeah, and they were kept alive from the nutrient bath. That's so fucked. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of. Um, it was unsettling in the same way as Peter. What are those books? Um, Do you have any idea what I'm going for? No. The Emperor's Blades. That guy. Oh. Whose, yeah, like, em- source of magic was pain. <clears throat> yes. Or um, emotion. His source of magic was emotion, and he, like, The, le- the leeches. Yes. Yes. And he basically, like, he would, like, take people's beating hearts out and, like, keep them attached still. Yeah, to get as But, much like, hold them in their hand. Can. Yeah, to, like, maximize terror. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. That is... They both unsettled me in the same way. But here's the thing I'd like to... Those books are very good, guys. Wait. Emperor's Blades. That that has come up... That particular fantasy series has come up several times in our sci-fi podcast. I honestly feel like our, our, like, anniversary episode should just be us covering that. (laughs) Mix it up. And long Surprise. It's a fantasy book series now. (laughs) Every year we switch our podcast to a fantasy to a sci-fi. We go back and forth. It's next year, fantasy sidebar. Doesn't have the same ring to it, but... (laughs) We're excited. <laughs> Fantasy oh, Fiesta? Anyway, we'll work on it. <laughs> we'll take this conversation. With a name like that, it's going to be a fantasy siesta. <laughs> ah! Okay. So Are we done the... with Kassad? <laughs> Wait, I wanted to mention one more thing. Um, the Ouster's Prosthetic Tales. Awesome. So cool. I'm, I'm That's for all. it. That could have been hokey, but it wasn't. It was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like that's badass, but also like, yeah, yeah, sure. good idea, Alsters. Yeah, Fuck you yeah. live in zero G. Fuck yeah. And they're all like long and lanky, like you'd expect to. Yeah, like um, they oh, they me have of... prehensile toes. That was like the main thing. That was actually that was pretty cool. Them. I wonder if that was evolutionary or scientifically instilled. I don't know. I assumed it was evolution, but you might be right. I it's imagine that, like, if you're floating years. around a spaceship and you need to do some grasping and to, like, get a good no hold on surfaces and stuff, you know? Yeah, if I want to grasp some shit. It would make sense and that, like, it would be advantage, advantageous to have long toes. But then again, we're only dealing with a couple centuries, so, like, you can't evolve that much in only a couple centuries. Yeah, I could see forced evolution, though. Yeah, maybe. Well, apparently we fucking have a mastery of RNA. 
Apparently, so, we just use RNA to heal people, I guess? Uh, heal people and give people, like, thoughts. Information? Yeah, yeah information. that's a little... Not how it works. But Well, to be fair, this is 30 more years of RNA understanding we're working on. <laughs> yeah, there were, like, a couple little interesting moments of, oh, you're coming from 80s understanding of that thing. My biggest one was AIDS, too. <laughs> 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 that was really funny. AIDS to electric boogaloo. <laughs> like this isn't how this works. This isn't anything how that as a. Did you know that's not how that worked? Because I'm curious. I, it's not how it works. I wasn't sure if it would be pedantic of me to bring up. <laughs> a, it doesn't happen that quickly. B, AIDS is an immunodeficiency disease, not a autoimmune disease, which is what they were acting like. Oh, it makes your immune system attack itself. That ain't how it works. Although I can't speak for how it works on androids and AI. So I guess yeah, what do I know? Maybe AIDS 2 does work that way. Maybe AIDS 2 was like, hey, auto or immune deficiency is good, but you know what's even better is autoimmune disorders. We're all about That's that. I've always said that, actually. Huh? I've always said that. <laughs> I've been saying it for years and nobody's listening. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, but that's, that's Lamia's story. That's later. Yes. Um, okay, so Kassad... Uh, first of all, practice safe sex. Sex with the Shrike lady does not count as safe sex. <laughs> that is not safe sex. That is the opposite of safe. At least put some cork on those blades. Um, <laughs> no, I am kind of curious, though. Like, I hadn't really thought about it too much, but how did she get into his simulations for so long? Yo, I do not know. <laughs> like, it's so weird. It's very difficult to understand. Maybe the... No, like, I don't know. Like, you know, however many fucking light years away, and they're not even in the web, like, how is that possible? No, I don't know. It's so weird. Dude, a lot of unanswered questions. Anyway, all right. And he's, he go. doesn't even fucking care. He's like, I'm just gonna kill it. I love that reaction. He's like, all right, fuck this shit. I'm not into this anymore. Because <laughs> really is kind of a tragic character, though. Like, yeah, you know, he had, like, this terrible, like, he had, like, a bad he, like, upbringing. Like, this obsessive romance. Yeah, and then he, like, you know, kind of makes something of himself and gets stuck into that thing. Yeah. And then he try, does, does his best in a war that's, like, basically just horrible. Yeah. And gets labeled the Butcher of Brescia? Yes. The Butcher of butcher South Brescia? Brescia. That sounds more right. Butcher of South Brescia. Butcher of South Brescia. Brescia. Like, the soldiers, like... Hated serving under him, but he was very effective and won basically won their war. And he's like, "You told me not to use nukes. I didn't use nukes. <laughs> what more? I didn't use nukes. Me? I just used bodies. You should have let me use nukes." <laughs> I mean, it was like, like pretty precision, though. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was the best he could do under some terrible circumstances, and like, and he got ostracized for it, and it kind of turned him off from the whole warfare thing. I love how they make a point of saying he afterwards he won out and like became an anti-war activist i know why well, I, I guess that's because the strike lady was like trying to like seduce him into perpetrating this like huge war but the war's happening anyway you know yeah it didn't really need him i don't really get it that much it's it was happening very... regardless yeah like the ceo was gonna like gladstone was trying to make it happen gladstone's an interesting character she is we don't have time to talk about all the interesting characters oh, keep going okay <laughs> next so, story silenus Martin Fuck Silenus. that guy. Really good story, though. It was a good story. I like hearing about his childhood on Earth and everything. And, like, what old Earth had become. Just, and like, then, an aristocracy? 
Do you think Dan Simmons was really worried when they were going to activate the Large Hadron Collider? <laughs> He's like, oh no, it's the big mistake. We haven't made any seed ships yet. <laughs> I didn't know that was something that people still worried about back then. Like the idea that somebody could create a black hole like at Earth. And a black hole with enough mass. Because like, here's the thing about any black hole we might. Because, all right. <laughs> we have theorized that we have created micro black holes. That we have done that? And they've yeah. what? died yeah because they get they fucking get satisfied so quickly you like put like a speck <laughs> of dust in them by micro black holes i'm talking about like microns across okay and you throw like a speck of dust in them Peter, and you're like, oh thought, shit hold on this might be ignorant but i thought the whole idea of black holes is that they would grow because they kept accumulating mass no okay so here's the issue with black holes i know that there they is emit a, some radiation but right, that's way they, less than what they, they admit hawking radiation hawking drives uh, yes. Well, all right. Oh, oh shit. shit. No, I got it. They're hawking. They're, oh, I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> so clearly they're able to completely control singularities. Clearly. Um, which is a insane level of technological advancement for like 600 years. Uh, yeah. Good controlling a well, black hole. Hold on. Didn't they destroy Earth though with like a black hole? Like a little in, like a, like a black hole at its core or something. Isn't that what they said? Yeah, but the Technocore did that. Yeah, that's true. It was intentional. Like, no one fucked up enough to destroy the Earth. That's true. They just put a black hole in the fucking center of the Earth and blew it up on purpose. Like a slow black hole, though. <laughs> like a creepy black hole. It was just like that. A sneaky black Dah. hole. It was a sneaky black hole. Okay, so finish with your um, revelation about the engines. Anyway, so we know that <laughs> black holes, right, yes. dilate space-time. Of course. So theoretically, if you I don't you know what it means to, to dilate space-time. <laughs> black holes create a depression in the fabric of space-time yes from their massive gravity yes which does affect our relative time yes i understand um, all that okay the word dilation threw me off just it varies space-time it, it changes space it fucks with space-time it or what it does is it expands space-time but anyway, the um idea is that like if you're close to a black hole a year would be a year for you could be, be more way for more else. for somebody elsewhere like 100 years yeah. for somebody else yeah exactly it just okay. depends on like how massive the black hole is and how close you are <laughs> i don't know if you can tell but i was trying to remember how it worked in interstellar i did i time. could tell <laughs> i could tell quite easily <laughs> okay go on i was thinking of it too though <laughs> we all do it's fine um it's it well it's a great great showing of it it is we should do it also soon oh we should yes okay moving on that was a little look behind the curtain there <laughs> So, like, what if the Hawking Drive creates a black hole at, like, the front of the ship or some shit? Or maybe behind it? I don't know. And holds it there, and they just fly through space. So the Hawking Drive would exist just to dilate time so that your subjective time wasn't that long? Yeah. But you don't need to do that. The point is, if you go fast enough, your time gets dilated anyway. Well, right, but... It's hard to go that fast, and if you go that fast, a speck of dust turns into a multi-kiloton bomb that'll destroy your ship. That's you, the issue with going that fast. If you go that fast and you don't, and you're not able to <clears throat> protect yourself, basically, like if you hit anything with any mass, your ship will be destroyed. But the the tra- uh, the the travel time between systems 
for everyone outside of your ship should still be the same, regardless of whether or not you're employing this theorized hawking drive, right? Mm, shit. You're right. We'll come back to it. We have no idea how far apart... <laughs> well, alright, it's easy. I wasn't expecting you to fucking fix FTL here, but... <laughs> and we've solved it! <laughs> NASA, send me my money. But I can, I, I guess I can see how perhaps, perhaps black hole emissions could have something to do with the Hawking Drive, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought you were going to say that they, like, use radiation from the black hole to power their ship. Well, there, there are theorized, like, very, very, very super theorized, um, okay, so, um. Wait. If you listen to uh, the, an old, old, old episode of uh, The Universe in You about black holes, <laughs> I do talk about how black holes uh, emit particles and they turn virtual particles into real particles and consume one equivalent particle and expel another equivalent particle. So they already create, like, there's part of how they get radiation is through that um, at the event horizon this happens. Okay. So, um,. You could. There is some theories that you can harness those shot-off particles to produce energy, like a singularity core. Okay. Or although these fuckers are using singularities to make gravity, so clearly it's not that big of a deal for them. I thought they were just using spinning to create gravity. No, CZ on the fucking uh, Idrisil. Oh, but they're special, aren't they? There were singularities at the bottom of the tree to create gravity. Oh damn! I missed that. So that was some shit. Um, I do want to know more about the Templars. Like, I would totally take a side story about the Templars. Very oh, for easily. sure. I, I was, was really so upset that we didn't get his story. Oh, so mad. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Um, wait, one more thing about the 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 Hawking Drive, though. Okay. You're saying it it messes up space time. So, could you say that it's maybe bending space around the ship? Well, yeah. So. Like it's not just the dilation of time; it's like the dilation of space that shortens the distance, sort of. Does that make sense? Yeah. So one of the theorized um, things that NASA's like work- looking on is: Have you? I'm sure you saw on the news like the NASA warp drive. Recently? It, not like I mean, like yeah, it was kind of like a, they published like a paper or something on it two years ago or so. I often just sort of shrug and keep going when I see stuff like that because I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, what it was was <laughs> they, they speculated some like. There's some very, 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 very speculative stuff, obviously, on if you could compress space-time in front of you and expand it behind you, to an outside observer, you would move faster than light. Okay. So next, we just have to figure out how to do that. My solution? White holes. Which expel mass, the way that black holes consume mass, right? Yep. We have never seen one. They are 100% purely theoretical, and we're really not sure. We don't. It's not even like we've never seen one, and we're pretty sure they exist. We're not even pretty sure they exist. <laughs> we just hope so. But in the 70s, we might have been. Uh, 80s. 80s. I'm, Wait, that's right. Rama was the 70s. This I is the 80s. strongly suspect that, like you said, this was just him tacking on a scientist's name to something. Mm-hmm. And being like, yeah, you know, Hawking, it's a Hawking drive. <laughs> but it is it is fun to try to figure out, like, how that could actually work. Yes. Um, and it is an exercise in futility. Yes. But back to Silenus. Okay, so how about when he turned into a goat, like a... Like a, a fawn. Fucking, a, yeah, a fawn. A satyr. <laughs> a fawn man. <laughs> that is, like, the defini- definition of, like, 
debauched excess. Dionysus <laughs> smiled down on him that day. <laughs> Our one Greek listener will love that joke. <laughs> but no, it was like, Lodi. Um, I really liked the whole relationship with his publisher, too. Like, I guess the first... I guess, because originally I had been under the impression that The Dying Earth was very good. But over time, it became clear that, like, it wasn't just the sequels that were bad. Because that was my understanding, was Dying Earth was, like, beautiful poetry. Dying Earth 2 through 9 were terrible, like, just trash books. But... I guess, like, so later on, then he meets Psychic Billy, and Psychic Billy's like, are you gonna read more like that? And Psychic is like, I hope not, and he's like, thank God. <laughs> um, but well, I... Sorry, go on. So my interpretation of that was, The Dying Earth was excellent. Like, it was truly excellent work. But it got it published was, hell. Well, it was the fact that he... It was poetry. Like, we are in this world where... Like, today, how much does poetry sell? Not much. I've probably bought Imagine three poetry books in my entire life. I've never bought a poetry book in my life. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. <laughs> but imagine, like, in a couple hundred years when they regularly talk about how people don't read anymore. And, like, a weirdly high number of people are illiterate. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And it makes sense. It does make total sense. It's sad. It is sad. But I, I can see it. it happens. But yeah, I can see it. So, I think that what happened was, like she said, you know, the 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 Pilgrim's Progress effect. Nobody's reading where, it, but everyone has yeah, to no, buy it to look good. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's what's hot, and yeah. it came perfectly timed, like she said, with the nostalgia over Earth, and it was very like okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah, and that that's why it did so well. I think it was excellent, and that but that added bit was a little icing on the cake. Yeah. I don't know. He he he's just had a very interesting life. Like I said, I thought all the stuff about the dying Earth, like the you know the actual phenomenon of Earth dying, was super interesting. Like the idea that basically all like the rich old Earth families were like, we're just gonna hang, we're sending all the poor people away, and we're gonna like enjoy the last years of Earth. Mm-hmm. And then the North America was like a nature preserve, and the Manhattan Archipelago were like. That was funny. Buildings are just sort of popping up out of the water. The um, idea that quote-unquote licensed primitives were still allowed to live in North America, such as the Sioux and Hell's Angels. <laughs> like, Hell's Angels are still ranging around on North America. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, like, riding around. <laughs> like, doing what? No one knows. But <laughs> they're there, and it's fine. But they are licensed. They are licensed, which is a bit of a turnaround from the Hell's Angels of today, I would say. Yeah, good for them. They really just... They, they really clean up their, their act. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but through Silenus, we also get a good picture of the excesses of that world. Like, the idea of the flashback drug, which was super interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, that, oh, that is a drug that would tempt me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's just, uh, kind of, it flashes out of nowhere. It's like, it... You see, like, the, the debauchery and the, you know, the ridiculous lifestyle... How about his multi-world home? So awesome. <laughs> like, the coolest. <laughs> Such an excess, but I love it anyway. Yeah, honestly, though. I was surprised that he was allowed to have, a like, a treehouse on the Templar world. It yeah, like it's pretty, kind of uh... Their stuff. Although, I don't know. It kind of, um... I could see them being, like, 
this was like a great beautiful piece like he wrote a great beautiful piece to you know the last great like the the home that's true yeah that's true he's kind of got like some intellectual uh i guess reputation yeah he's got some cred yeah he's got some he's got in other words cred uh yeah yeah that's what they call it (laughs) but i loved the idea of side king billy and his like artist kingdom yeah like trying to i like how it's um oh what is it it's uh who's in what kingdom in exile side king billy yeah what's what's what was his kingdom oh monaco no, it wasn't. It was. It was Monaco. And no, Inside. it was. Um, I don't think it was Monaco. I think it was. I think it was like an English kingdom. I I had thought it was going to be because he is of the House of Windsor, but they said Monaco in exile for sure. No, they said like like Monaco in exile. Like I think it was another. Oh, exile. another place. Okay, then it yeah. was like England in exile. I guess. <laughs> UK. Uh, UK in exile. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think they said he was of the House of Windsor, though, which is the UK royal family. Windsor in exile. Maybe. I don't know. But, Maybe. yeah, the idea that, like, you're not on Earth anymore, but you're still going to have your kingdom. It's just going to be elsewheres. It's going to be kind of weird. And you're, like, just kind of chilling as a king, and your wealth doesn't come from taxes, it comes from investments, and you are, like, patron of the arts big time, even though you're not an artist, but you, like, really appreciate art. Like, it'll just make me kind of happy. It's yeah. like a very idyllic place. Until they all especially you know, before died. they moved to like next door to the time tombs, I'm not really sure why they set up there. Well, because the strike attacks weren't a thing yet. Yeah, and but they're like, like, look at these great. I mean, because I oh, because they were like, like cool great... artifacts, man. Yeah, like cool sources of inspiration. It was really interesting how the strike sort of faded in and out of myth. Like sometimes it was like, oh, <laughs> the strike. The only the silly locals believe that. Or, yeah, exactly. oh my god, the Shrek is, like, totally a real threat, don't even. To, like, oh my gosh, no, that's, like, ancient lore, dad. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's It was just interesting. Like, over the sort of, I would say, somewhat convoluted timeline of the books. Yeah, I mean, well, because you got these stories from all kinds of different angles because of the time deaths. Yeah, but there were all these, like, little, uh, little inclusions that, you know, fell into place. Occasionally mention a day here and there. I like the idea of the time debt. Yeah, that was a good way of putting it, the idea of time debt. Yeah, like, light years don't matter anymore. It's a matter of how long it takes you to get there. Yeah, and how much, like, subjective time you lose. Yeah, exactly. That Which like, is pretty cool. So, do you want to step into the next story, then? Uh, sure, who's next again? Saul Weintraub. Saul Weintraub. The saddest story. Oh, so sad. Like, oh, man, it was <sighs> such a slow... Fate. It was so Yeah, because I'm... It's, like, the slowest fate. The... Yeah, like, literally, you're just rewinding her life. Yeah, like, um, I remember when we heard her... We heard... We knew the baby's name was Rachel before the story. Yes. So when he, he mentioned Rachel... I was like, shit. Well, yeah. Like, so at first he mentioned her, and I was like, oh, no. Like, how did everything fall apart so quickly? And then they talk about them being, like, in their 20s when they had her, and I was like, he's, like, old now. And you just, like, slowly realize, like, oh, shit, something's going to happen to this bright child. <laughs> this bright, shining like, that's child. That's so sad. <laughs> and I had originally, like, my expectation was that the time tombs, like, reset her. And then I was, like, kind of more okay with that. And then when they finally are, like, no, they're rewinding her. I'm, like, that's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, and waking so up every bad. day, like, not remembering the day before. And having to explain it. And, like, I can't believe that she was able to make a relationship work for as long as she did. But she did. I can't believe that 
like what that must have been to Saul and his wife. Oh my God, so devastating. Like the and you have to remind her every single day. And after his wife died, like oh reminding your daughter every that day, your, every day you have to tell her her mother died. It must have been a fucking blessing when she like became a real baby at that point. Yeah, he had just he could stop finally stop thinking, stop about explaining that. things, oh stop God. coming up with excuses. Yeah, and then eventually when he made the decision to start lying about her mom. Yeah. And that tore him apart. Yeah, because I was gonna say like I didn't notice it until later on, but did he? managed to not lie to her he would just sort of like lead her because she'd be like how many days since mom's birthday and he'd be like well what day is today and she's like it's thursday he said what day was mom's birthday it was monday and he like makes her like figure it out herself i'm like is he trying to is he just trying not to lie like is that what's going on no he has like an ethics guy he would straight up say that he like she'd be like i will see mommy tomorrow and he'd be like yeah well that was later I think that he was trying to, like, kind of figure out where she was at mentally. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what it was. Because, like, he goes from this this daughter who's, like, a brilliant scientist so to, or researcher to, like, a child who's barely, who's just figuring things out. And he talked about how she lost her vocabulary. Mm, I know. And then they, like, lost that last sort of ability to understand each other. Yeah. And it's, like, so much worse than Alzheimer's. <laughs> It's really bad. I was compared to Alzheimer's dementia the whole time in my head, but like, yeah, I mean, and I think the book compares it at one point. Oh man, it was very sad. Um, it was very sad. The reason I jumped into that when we were talking about the time debt is like just the very idea of having to travel, like mi- basically miss four years of your aging parents' life just to be able to like go to a one-year fellowship on this faraway planet, like. That's like a that's a high cost, you know. It is, and that's but, something that like I guess is is normal in that universe. And she even says that she's like, "This is normal. Like it's normal to leave for four years, but what's not normal is what's happening to me." Yeah, and it's um, I don't know. Well, here's here's the other part of it. Like they also live longer, so four years is less important. Do they? I mean, they don't live that much longer. Like the the regular people don't. They have a like like. Saul was saying that the him and his wife can expect like a healthy life until one hundred. Uh, did you say a healthy life? Maybe I thought you they said they, like can, they can expect to live that long. I think they said healthy life. Maybe it was like a healthy life till like they're eighty or something. Yeah, maybe. But like the like idea that. that you can live like a good life that long, okay. Yeah, you know, forty years. Four, four years is not as much as is it one year is now. Where you know, like people can start deteriorating at sixty. Like it's not uncommon. Yeah, that's a fair perspective. So. It was and, really uh, sorry. Go on. Well, I mean, then you know, you, if you could afford Pulsen treatments, then you were set. Like Martin, he, who just seemed to be somewhat immortal. Well, he. I think he had all that time debt. Is that why? I don't think it's. I mean, just he spent a lot debt. of time. Well, he went to Hyperion like back and forth twice, didn't he? And then uh, he got slow shipped to another place that took. No, it was just once. Never mind. But then he got slow shipped to that crappy world that was like a hundred years. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely gotten Pulsen treatments. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like, <laughs> for sure, he is like some like. I um, thought I thought he was saying his subjective age, age was several hundred years old. Oh, I don't think that's true. Maybe not. Because the hegemony is only like five hundred years old. The hegira they call it in this book, but yeah, you're right. Um, actually, Pretty in a hegira. weird way, it kind of reminds me of like Ender in the later books where. 
like his he, he just travels so far everyone's like how are you possibly that old but like isn't subjectively as old you just have to keep traveling like it's not that complicated yeah like, yeah no one does that everyone's like what the fuck and you don't want to no spend too you're... much time in fugue however yeah and there's no way you're a thou- well, because fugue seems like absolute garbage right it really seems like kind of a shitty technology <laughs> yeah guys you can manipulate black holes one more way that the asters are crushing because they don't have to use it at all don't they wait do they yeah they don't they don't they, i don't think because they, they just it. like live on the ships and it's fine and that's their life oh my god cc what i've got it what they put they if they get really good at black holes they can put them in their life pods and slow people down a lot Ooh. and like no more no need for fugue no more no more fugue no more fugue, just go to sleep. <laughs> well, they... Well, Peter, what's the hawking effect? Um, uh... <laughs> shit. Did you just take a scientist name and put effect with it? No, that's what he kept saying. Because, like... Okay, so when they met up with Rachel, after she had her quote-unquote accident, they were like, oh, she went, like, through... She experienced the hawking effect without fugue? Because the whole idea is that you can experience the hawking effect without fugue. Or it would, like, drive you crazy. Oh, yeah. Except that then later Saul did it with baby Rachel. Because I guess babies couldn't be put in fugue. That was a weird thing. There, or th- It wasn't even babies. I think it was just Rachel. Rachel couldn't be put in fugue for some reason. Because Rachel, I don't know. I, it seems like a weird... I feel like you should want to put her in fugue. I know. You actually stay in fugue for a while. We're going to figure this shit out. Yeah. No, There's we'll part of me that wondered it. I was like, why didn't they just put her like under cryogenic sleep? But maybe that's why they they made a point of having the doctor say she couldn't be put under fugue without explaining it. Well, <laughs> They're she, like, no, 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 she can't. That's not a plot hole. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like fugue and cryogenic is different. Um, I feel it like seemed, fugue is cryogenic in this universe, isn't it? Or is there no? Because they said cryogenic. cryogenic when when um Martin was taking his slow ride with like cows and shit. And they, he's like, yeah, no, we didn't, we weren't one of those new jump ships where they just go into fugue. We were under like deep cryogenic for a hundred years. Oh, maybe. So maybe. But then maybe it sounds the like cryogenic is a shittier version of the same technology. Yeah, it, that's true. But if it's like, watch this child die slowly or put him under cryogenic like, sleep and take some Acknowledge side some risk, but like do some animal studies. Yeah, maybe like put some animals in a fucking tidal field. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Abraham? Uh, yeah. Saul wants to talk about Abraham. I'll tell you what. Uh, I like this fact that Saul, like, I love the idea that Saul was a, um, was just, like, that his whole thing was, like, writing about moral, like, morality. He, yeah, he was, like, basically a history and ethics professor. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, it was an interesting idea, and he was, like, and also the fact that he was Jewish, like, there's so many stories and, like, cultural stories and biblical stories that are like the huge moral questions that are related to the Jewish culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that the imagery in it in his dream, the Abraham dream, was very affecting, and like the way that he basically used that as, I guess, like despite not being a very religious man, he still like used the religious framework to try to work out what he needed to do. Yeah, his, like, arguments with God and shit. Yeah, and, like, I thought the one line was really affecting when, um, it, like, in, towards the beginning of his story, Rachel asks him if he believes in God, and he says, I'm waiting to. And he's been saying that, like, her whole life. I'm waiting to believe in God. Yeah, like, I would like to, but... 
Yeah, I mean, that resonated with me because there were definitely times in my life where I felt that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, or, like, because, like, like, you know, I've obviously like, battled with that and I've, like, gone back and forth between whether or not I believe in God, but, like, I almost always wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a time where I'm like, man, I wish I didn't believe in God. Yeah, because that's comforting as shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it gives you a nice sense of purpose. I won't lie to myself, but I, like, I am glad the times that I can convince myself yeah. that there is a God. And just always waiting to believe in God. Um, but Which yeah, cool. it, and so like the way he was talking about, I guess, Abraham being rewarded for obedience and he's like, obedience is a terrible quality, <laughs> at least when it's like <laughs> blind obedience. He's like, yeah. just being obedient for obedience's sake is a terrible idea. And like, it's, it's interesting because that is like such a pillar of Judeo-Christian faith and like heritage is that particular story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac, or almost sacrificing so, Isaac. So love was just great for God that he was willing to sacrifice his son. Yeah. But, like, you're right. That that obedience is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, Saul. You ain't wrong. Well played. <laughs> well played, Dan Simmons. Exactly. In the form of Saul. In the form of Saul, yeah. But then, I mean, he goes... So his, his whole quest to find information was interesting because, it's like, I feel like the only time that you find somebody actively trying to, like, research what's going on from their perspective and he's he goes and sees the strike church and the strike church is like oh she's paying the ultimate price bye (laughs) that was highly unsatisfying like he's having this nice conversation with the strike guy and the strike guy's like oh no your daughter's atoning peace and it's like wait you guys knew about this did you guys she's paying for her sins (laughs) yeah or like humanity sins like i wasn't sure if she was like just being given the opportunity to like pay for her personal sins or and it, it made me wonder. I was like, has this happened before? Like, do they they seem to, like, know about this somehow? Well, think about all the, um, all of the pilgrims. Like, they probably have had it at some point. You think so? Maybe. Maybe not the official pilgrimages, but, like, all, like, the suicides they talk about. What do you mean suicides? They talked about a lot. Like, people would go up there as, like, a form of, they would be like, this is a pilgrimage. But, like, it was obviously. But they were just trying to get sui- killed by the strike because they didn't Yeah, suicide anyone. by strike. Yeah, trying to give meaning to their death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know. Anyway, we have to keep moving along, because we are six minutes away from our theoretical max. When do we ever do just an hour? Uh, not very often. Okay, so, saw my job. Very sad. I hope the best for Very him. sad. Then we uh, lost the Templar, you. who was supposed to be next, and that was devastating. That was. Um, I like his little, uh, his little, his little roach friend. Yeah. It wasn't clear how that was going to be helpful. <laughs> I don't know, there's a shield against the strike? That's pretty fucking helpful, Cece. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that was Hey, wait a second. Cece. Peter? He has him with him. Oh, he totally does. Yes. Can't wait for the next book. The the Mobius cube was fucking unlocked. Yeah, that's true. And the console was like, oh. And I just relocked it real quick. I'm like, you didn't look inside? Mm. It would have, I guess, released it? I don't know. No, because, like, at that point... No, you're totally right. He totally has his little friendo with him. Yep. Maybe that's how he survived. Maybe he got attacked by the strike. He let him out. Oh, shit. Maybe survived, that's exactly escaped. what happened. But then how did he get so far? Do you think the strike took him? Maybe the strike took him in his ball. What if he like, tried to put him on the tree, but he couldn't get on the tree? Okay, now we're He's speculating. Like, why why we're won't you get your shit on the tree? Okay. Well, next book. That's the next book. <laughs> his fucking killing tree. God. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. His murder time tree. It's murder time. Um, so, anyway, so, we lost the Templar, but apparently not forever. Bronlamia. 
very also shipped them. it felt like a very different vibe and i liked it yeah like the uh the interstellar secret eye or private eye Fuck. yeah it's like all of a sudden a uh like it's a, like a mystery novel yeah like a noir <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was great it was very good it was very good all and the stories did have their own flavor yeah they totally did and that's i guess one of the benefits of this kind of format mm-hmm. but i liked learning about the role of ai in that universe and i thought it was really interesting that like they exist and they're independent of human mastery but they still help humans for reasons that we don't really understand but we're like not complaining yeah because we can forecast with their help do we need them to forecast yes oh boy that is the biggest part of it because we need them to forecast they gave us forecasting technology oh shit but they also fucking destroyed earth and they maintained the forecasting technology well that was to secure the rule of the hegemon the hegira so the the hegira asked for it I think that was kind of like, like they're like, what if Earth... Because if Earth, like, settled down or shit, like, people would probably flock back to it, and that would become the seat of power. Right. The Jairo was probably setting up in, in, Ta- in Tau Ceti, and we're like, I don't want Earth to make a comeback. And huh. Technicore was like, me neither. And Technicore said, bye-bye. Interesting. Maybe. And blew that shit up. Yeah, maybe they're like, people were still clinging to that, and, like, they're not moving forward. And the yeah, core was like, 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 I, I got a solution. It's called a black hole. Yeah, it's called putting a black hole. I think what might have happened is, like, there were black holes and they were kind of roving. And, like, so that's when they'd be, like, having bad years and having good years. And then the tech core was like, oh, no, and dropped black hole in the core. Like a big like, one? Whoopsie. Yeah, like a big one. Maybe? I would call it a big mistake. Anyway. <laughs> but it's it all a bunch a of speculation, but it was big intentional. It was big on purpose. <laughs> the big plan. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, so, like, I, okay, the the old Earth 2, like, recreation for the sake the analog. Of, of building up, like, those. So, like, my understanding was, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that existed so that they could have an environment for their, like, personality copy people. I think that's it, and also, like, they wanted a cop, they wanted to see, like, the development of man maybe and they wanted to fill in some variables because so was you think they're the just trying to understand humanity better and that's why they're doing it yeah i mean it was all in pursuit of the ultimate intelligence project oh yeah that's true and in their universe although apparently the fucking ai are talking to aliens um i guess so yeah fuck because the other intelligences yeah the you know, maybe, like, they're trying to settle some variables. Maybe, oh, shit, maybe the AI have been influencing humanity to kill off all other intelligent species. That way the AI doesn't have more variables. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. They're just trying to minimize the variables. Or that's, like, part of why they're still, like, chilling with the Hegira for now. Because the Hegira is killing off species? Yeah, and they're like, this is cool. You're simplifying things. Thank you. Thank you, Hegira. You're idealizing the solution. Yes. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. The Technicore is very cool. I like the idea of the the three factions. Yeah. Like, just the idea of an entire society of AI that's, like, living alongside our society and intertwined with it is, I feel like, a story I haven't read before. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, yeah, but it's also, like, nice? I don't know. It's nice that they're helping and, like, that we're... They, it's basically, like, the second intelligence in the world and we're cooperating together but like 
but like we created it and now they're independent of us and they don't have to help us but we just like can't function without their help realistically well the stables are the only ones that i feel like are helping humanity for altruistic reasons well yeah but like humanity doesn't even know about the other factions i mean they just know that they're getting helped you're right it's um i don't know it's weird it's good stuff, though. It's good stuff. I think the main thing we can take from Braun's story is the Technicor. Yeah. Um, and the factions. I don't think there's a whole lot of other... And But the fact that even even the AI is fascinated by Hyperion. Yeah, everyone... Like, even the AI, like, the mass... The, you know, the, uh, the, the least green. mystical. Yeah, no, there's no... They're not looking for religion. They're not trying to find God. Right. But I guess there is, their stake in it is that they want to know, like... I guess what 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 really is their stake in it, Peter? Well, they talked about it. Um, they think it might have to do with the war, the, like the oncoming war. Yeah, the interstellar war, right? They want to know if humanity is struck back. They want to know, like at the end, uh, they want to know if the AI lost. Like they've seen it as a way to simplify the variables. Because think about all your calculations can all of a sudden be very simplified if you know the answer. Right, so you may yeah. want to still find your way to it, but you know that the end result has to be, you know, AI is, like, dominant overall, human are trying to scramble. Right. So, well, we'll have to see it's what the, um, I don't know, what the, what the time tunes hold. We will have to see. So, to the console? To the console. Console story, I feel like, mostly served to show us the sort of bad side of the Hijira. Like, uh, yeah. I feel like up until that point, we were like, sweet. <laughs> Sounds like a good system. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no issues here. And, like, yeah, no, they, the, and the, the um, CEO is, like, a pretty sympathetic character for what little time we get with her. We're just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like a human society. Like, it's not perfect, but it does all right. People are, we like, do the best we can. at peace. It, like, our real yeah, only we're... enemies are the Alsters. Although, to be fair, they're the ones that are antagonizing them, but whatever. Yeah. So it's like, we're, we're all right. But then I guess the idea came in where it's like, well, no. I mean, like, from an individual population perspective, you can see how, like, the Hijira, while it's not a malicious force, can still come in and, like, ruin your world. Like, not, yeah. not you know, destroy it, but, like, destroy it for you. Because um, Maui Covenant was, like, the coolest fucking place. They fucking chatted with dolphins. They killed all the dolphins. They had living islands. That's so cool. It's yeah, the modal island. Kick-ass place. I mean, I wanted to be part of my, like, interplanetary, you know, society. But being a part of the, the Hijira ruined it. We're, like, fighting over it. I don't yeah, know. I wouldn't do it in a way that's, like, I don't want to kill all the dolphins and most of the modal isles. But do you think that the, the isles and the dolphins died because they joined the Hijira? Or because... They rebelled. Oh, it's because they rebelled. Right. So it's kind of like maybe we shouldn't rebel. <laughs> wait, I think the, the maybe he should have takes backseat after all that time. <laughs> like the hedge, they oh, had like ahead. seventy years or like sixty years of effort towards like building the Farcaster there and having it join the web, and it wasn't until after like basically the point where it was doing that that they were like, okay, now's the time to act. All around, I think, pretty poorly executed. 
if they had just been like, no, we're good, then I feel like they could have been good. Like, there are, you know, colony planets that aren't a part of the web, and that's not weird. Yeah, but I think the idea is that, like, it's... I think that wouldn't have been allowed by Hajira. Why? Just because it's such a valuable place. Yeah, look, it's like a... It's a paradise. They've got these cool... These cool islands that are, like, very marketable. They've already been sold. They got petroleum. Yeah, they got tons of petroleum. Which I think is interesting that they're, like, very specifically, like, we're not burning it, we promise. But... We do need it for plastic. It's still useful. (laughs) And with... It's not wrong. Like, we will never reach a post-petroleum in society, I don't think. I don't know. We could find ways around the plastic issue. I think for a very... We have to be motivated, too, and we're never motivated to do stuff like that. I think if our world like our species managed to become interstellar before we kill ourselves and you know like one day did it i think we'd be on petroleum for a while only if we, if can we pull only if we found it in other places i'm sure we'll find it in other places maybe but i mean it depends on life whether or not there's life right you're right doesn't petroleum yeah, come from you know organic ck basically yeah basically so, you need to have life to have petroleum, baby. That's true. Or past life, anyway. Well, yeah, specifically dead life. <laughs> specifically long dead life. That's why they call it fossil fuel. I wonder if Mars has petroleum. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it does. I think we'd know if Mars had petroleum. Why would we know that? Because we've probably looked. How do you look? It's underground. Uh, you can always sense shit. They're always sensing shit that you wouldn't think they could sense. Just sensing some shit. You know? I'm a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was very scientifically put, Cece. Thank you. You're welcome. So, the first part of the council story, his grandfather, right? Yes. Yeah. His grandfather. It's also like a very cool tragic tale. It was a very cool tragic tale. Of the time debt. I was trying to get a read on like how obligatory it was. It seems like it was like partially, but also not. I think they were in love, but, like, they wouldn't let themselves fall out. Well, for him, like, it was only a couple months in between. So, like, for him, it was, it was completely fine, yeah. reasonable. But for her, But also, like at the same became... time, like, he had to watch the woman he loved age rapidly. Yeah, and for her, it became part of her mythos. Yeah. And she became, like, a well-respected, like, a, like, very influential person. But it seems like she, like, actively chose it because of the power of it. And not necessarily because she, like, wanted it. I think she chose it because she thought, she, like, she wanted to do good. Yeah, and it's not like she didn't love him and there wasn't any, like, legitimate feeling there and it was all a farce. I'm not saying that at all, but I think that, like, she just felt like she had to for mm-hmm. the greater good. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Like, did she just kind of go back on the plan, like, where she was, like, because it seemed like she was anti-separatist for a long time and she was pro-Hajira for a long time. And then, like, towards the end, she's like, actually, no, I don't want this. Well, I think what she was was like, look, this isn't the time. Like, this is happening. Like, you can't stop this. Just, you know, let's hold up. Like, let's let's restrain ourselves. Basically right. preaching patience. Yeah, like patience and, and some consideration and think about a better way to do this. Right, okay. Which is fair. So, anyway, that's the first part of his story. Was there more you wanted then to say con- that? No, that's, that's all I had in the first part. But then the console rolls out. It was like, yeah, um, they wanted to use me as... Like, I did some shit. I, like, was back row. I like, did some shit. I made some name for myself. And they're like, hey, we want you to be the ambassador to the ousters. Yeah. Like, well, shit. All right. Guess I'm doing that now. But, but it, then... It was... While it showed us the bad side of the Hajira, it showed us the good side of the ousters. Yeah, who, like, apparently had this beautiful, vibrant, like, well-evolved society. Yeah. 
Like, their morals have evolved, their their art, their science has evolved way more than we ever thought they did. Right, and, like, clearly they're very technologically proficient because it seemed like they kind of outclassed the Hijira in their in their clashes. And in some ways, they outclassed the AI. Do we know I that? Think they pers- I think they pursued lines of reasoning that the AI probably didn't. Maybe, yeah, that could be true. Well, they had a handheld, like, fat line, which I don't know what it is. I'm assuming some sort of tachyon transmitter. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm they assuming. talked about tachyons earlier, but they are like a a theorized fashion like communicate. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're very quick. Anyway, <laughs> so the if the uh, fat the line's just ousters, another way of saying broadband, isn't it? <laughs> I think it. <laughs> yeah, the fat line, the broadband, <laughs> space broadband. Um, Granted, space I have no idea how broadband communication works. So, well, so here, here's my. Well, it's just a broadband of frequencies. That's that's why it's called broadband. You don't, don't you mean a fat line of frequencies? <laughs> don't you mean a fat line of tachyons? Oh right. Who can say? Who can say? It's what just I a mean? big pipe of tachyons. Certainly not Dan Simmons. I'll tell you what. <laughs> to be fair, who was this book is from the seventies? No, eighties. Eighties, Peter. I keep getting it backwards. Anyway, we don't know that so much more. Um, <laughs> so the my thought is the ousters have were able to retrofit this old ass comm device to have fat tachyon trans or not tachyon. It's a fat line transmitter. So if fucking the cybrids couldn't have some sort of like internal thing or like a little device that let Johnny be part of the 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 AI network at Hyperion or at another core world, or at another, um, rather, like, core world without a data sphere, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds really awesome. Um, <laughs> like, that's that shows that I think that the the AI don't have that technology, and the ousters got them beat there. And that's a fair point. Yeah, so that might be true. Certain, so, yeah, there's certain parts that they got them done. Um, I think they just, per- I think Plus it's they have tails. I couldn't. They do have tails. The AI do not have tails. That is true. <laughs> now that we've seen, anyway. Uh, you show me some tail, maybe we'll talk. Oh, God, CC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, though. <laughs> it's out there in the world. <laughs> All right, negative air. But, yeah, so, no. I thought, I mean, I, he had pretty compelling arguments. He's like, they actually. <clears throat> I'm joking. He's like, they actually evolved. Like, they made progress in this time, whereas humanity is just, like, trying to relive the glory days, basically. I kind of <coughs> think it's like the Hajira is basically, I'm going to say, I'm going to say under the thumb. Under the thumb of the Technocore. They rely on the Technocore for a lot. They rely on them for the, the Farcaster. They, they said there have been efforts, but, like, I don't get the idea <coughs> that there have been major efforts to understand the Farcaster. Um, Maybe. Or, like, develop other means, or maybe faster or faster than light travel. Like, they basically have settled with this technology, and the Technocore is not kind of... Because I imagine AI were probably really relied upon to help advance technology with scientists. Well, so when the Technocore seceded, and they lost... The humans lost control over the Technocore. They couldn't they really probably, make the same kind of progress. Yeah, they couldn't kind of force the AI to do that, because the AI were, like, bene- like only giving... Advice or technology when it was beneficial to them. Right, that's a good point. 
It's an interesting so that, dynamic. Although I would think that having the competition from the Alistairs would make humanity like not want to be too sighted. Because I could see how it would be really easy for a society to just utterly stagnate without competition. But yeah. with the Alistairs out there, I feel like they need to step up their game. But I guess you're right. We're just sort of parasites on the AI right now. Did Rome step up their game? No. Did any other famous center of quote-unquote civilization step up their game? I mean, everyone does for a while, and then they're like, we're untouchable. Yeah, which apparently is the maximum limit of a surviving civilization. Cause the Whenever you say we're old. untouchable? <laughs> no, 500, about 500 years old. Yeah, you know, that's not a bad point. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, most major civilizations have crumbled, most major empires have crumbled in that time. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. So, what I'm saying is, if you don't like your government, wait 500 years, it'll change. <laughs> there you go. That's the uplifting message of this podcast. You know us. So, so yeah, that's that's my theory. I think that the Hegira has a view of the Alistairs as, like, these backwards barbarians who have fucking tails, like some mongrels. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they'll never beat us. We are the Hegira. Like, we are the, 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 un- the unity of man. Ra ra ra, some random fucking propaganda. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Astros are like, yeah, let's do it. Like, we're going to go off on our own. And they, like, we're using O'Neill cities. By the way, did you notice that? Yeah, I did. O'Neill uh, cylinders. So, so, do you remember where the O'Neill cylinders are from? Rama. Rama is right. No, that's when we first covered them on the podcast, anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, O'Neill cylinders have, you know, been around since O'Neill. I do wonder, though, because they, they talk about them as having as not having gravity i felt like they talked about that but they do have gravity because they have O'Neill cylinders i think that there's probably some places in the the ouster flotilla that have gravity but they spend most of their time without it oh you know who they are peter they're like the quarians they are like the quarians they just floating around being a flotilla just flotilla and shit (laughs) and also uh attacking regular humans yeah. Well, so they're not exactly they're not exactly like the Quarians. Just right, in the fact that they're strictly space very grace. That's really the only way. That is it, yes. That's the extent of it. <laughs> they were driven from their home world. But anyway. Um so I bas- I guess we're basically at the end. So like console's kind of a triple agent. More or less. Yeah. And I don't like I'm not mad at him. I completely understand everything he can't like. Yeah, I get it. So like it. he hates the Hijira. They gave him a chance to hang out with the Osters, and he's like, hang out with the Osters. Although, okay, this was interesting. So the Osters were like, oh no, we're not going to activate the Shrike unless we have to. And he's like, no, fuck you, we're activating the Shrike now. Is that basically what happened? Yeah, that seemed like what happened. That basically was what happened. <laughs> um, Everyone's just kind of like, all right. <laughs> Got it. Well, that sucked, but I guess we can't bail on you now. <laughs> I think his decision was to force the Osters into action. But like, Why? Because it would destroy the Hegira? Well, we're not even sure it will. Because, the, I mean, well, forces, you know, had some issues with the Ousters. They're not... They're not going to... You know, they're not useless. Over. Yeah. And they are like, clearly have a massive fleet. Right. So, I don't know. It, we'll Tell see. Them. Here, wait, quick thing about force. Sure. Remember when they were talking about how, um, when they are going over the Battle of Brescia? Yes. And they were talking about how, like, a, like one jump ship with 30 torch ships around it came in. And then all of a sudden there was, like, a massive fleet. 
I think that the that Force has the technology for instantaneous ship travel. No, they do not. Well, because okay, so here's the thing about (laughs) here's the thing about quantum leap. Yes, Uh, because they talk about quantum leap shit. Like they go into quantum and they come out of quantum. The whole reason why you like anything involving quantum has to do with instantaneous data transfer. Okay. So my theory is that they require an anchor on both sides, and it's hugely expensive, which is why civilians don't have it. And civilians don't really need it, right? If I can walk from you know one place to another, that's cool. Why would I want to get on a spaceship and do all that? So you mean between systems that are like part of the Hijira? No, no. Like I think they can do it on an independent network. Like maybe the, like I'm betting the technical core is still involved, but like they talked about how a 30s torch ships came around a jump ship. And I got the idea that the jump ship was used to jump people, in, like, was used to jump... Oh, like that was the... ...other ships in. It was the anchor point for the other oh, ships to come in. I don't know. Because it seemed like that came under Hawking Drive, and then, like, the way they had it worded is, all of a sudden, there was a fleet of ships. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, such a brief mention, I, I missed it completely. That's, that's my theory. That's interesting. Wait, so on the subject of travel... So... I don't think they even explicitly say this, but it hadn't occurred to me previously what a hazard it is to have a farcaster on Hyperion because couldn't the Shrike theoretically access the farcaster? Didn't they talk about it in the end there? Maybe it was mentioned at the end there, but like not until then. And I because they were talking. Go ahead, sorry. Because I, I mean, my understanding was, it was the farcaster was being built there so that a people could escape and b. Um, defense forces could get in. Mm-hmm. Right? But then they were like, oh, great, now we're building the Farcaster and the Shrike's out. And, like, but, like, nobody freaked out about it until the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no one was like, oh, shit, wait a second. But I guess that was part of the console story, was being like, well, I'm, like, I'm not just unleashing the Shrike on Hyperion, I'm releasing it on the Hijira and, like, the World Web as a whole, everywhere that has a Farcaster. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know, it kind of lines up with them, because, like, the colonial world will be untouched by the shark. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. If you don't have a Farcaster, then you're safe. And, I mean, you were safe from the Hijira, and now you're permanently safe from the Hijira. Yeah, because the Hijira's gone. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. The shark killed it all. But, I mean, <laughs> listen, there's a lot of humans, and the shark is the shark, but it would still take a while. <laughs> Unless it goes into <laughs> super speed mode for, like, the next... 10,000 years and just kills everybody. I mean, there's 200 billion humans, and a lot of them are in the Aster fleet. So the Shrike, I don't know how he's going to touch the Asters. He can't. He can't touch the Asters. It's going to be Asters v. Shrike. Asters <laughs> can't touch this. <laughs> Shrike can't touch uh, this. Day, my money's day. on the Asters just all around. They've got it. And my plus, theory, they have, like, te- the most degree of, I guess, sort of control or, like, understanding of the Shrike, which is why my money's on them for if it was created by somebody, it would have been them. Yeah, I, I agree. But, um, yeah. Here's the other thing. Farcasters. Sure. First of all, poorly <laughs> poorly defined, other than the fact that it involves a singularity, and it takes roughly 70 years to build. <laughs> it involves a singularity, like, in, in the same way that <laughs> people just add quantum to things. Yeah, what was the other book we were talking about where they added, like, it was like, or like, they were like, oh yeah, it's nanobots. <laughs> we're like, like, of course it is. <laughs> every problem is solved with nanobots. Um, are you talking about the singularity trap? Where, like, the whole no, thing I don't was, think nan- it was that. nanites all the time? 
all day, every day. Well, that was nanites. just him. He he was nanites. He was nanites. <laughs> so of course everything was nanites to him. He was nanites. Everything is nanites. I don't remember. I don't remember. But anyway, we talked about another one where it's like, all right, come on, guys. I think we have talked about how like you just add quantum to things though, and you're like, yeah, that's it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a singularity. What more do you need? Yeah, that's it's it. It's the right? most singular technology, indeed. <laughs> yeah. What about the Farcaster? We gotta wrap up. <laughs> it's just cool because it seems like they build one Farcaster in a system, and it's like for the entire system, any Farcaster portal. Yeah. Well, I guess and it's the, the difference between like. Uh, oh God, I'm gonna embarrass myself. But like, you have your your like Wi-Fi, your like base Wi-Fi in the house. I'm drawing a blank on what you would call that. A router. Yeah, but then you have like other routers that can like bounce the signal around your house you know what i mean oh so you're talking about a modem yes i think so so you have your modem and then you get routers and you can like bounce the signal i feel like that's how it works that might be it i honestly have no idea obviously obviously we have no idea i think we said that a lot today it's a very poor well it's what happens with older sci-fi it's just poorly defined yeah i don't think it came in vogue to explain everything in minute detail until later all right shall we wrap up peach uh, Do you have anything yeah, else you want to talk up. about? Good book. Um, good, good book. No, I mean, honestly, just fantastic book. Cece said right before we started recording that she just bought the the next book. So we're psyched. <laughs> so we're very excited to read that one um, <laughs> immediately. And then we'll reread it for an episode at some point. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't tend to do them back to back. That's not our way. Although, if you think that it should be our way, contact us. For once. Please. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pierre, you want to tell them what our next book is instead? All right. So, our next book, we've decided to finally, after a long time. So, Cece and I Speaking started of sequels. off ambitiously. We started off very ambitiously, right? <laughs> we started with one of our favorite all-time books by a trash author. But yes. Like, person-wise. So, well, in some of his books. And, and later on in his book. <laughs> and, and anything in the last <laughs> But <decade>. not initially. <laughs> So we started, our first book was um, A Good Old Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. Yes. We decided to follow up with the sequel, uh, Children of the Mind. Wait, that's wrong. Fuck. That is wrong. Speaker for the Dead. Speaker for the Dead. I fucked up. Cease now we're Don't talking read Children, Children of the, of the Mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you can avoid it, do not read it. Uh, the Children of the Mind isn't a worthless book, but Speaker for the Dead If you can better. skip every part with Ender, it's not. Uh, yeah. And also... <laughs> Speaker for the Dead is just the next one in the series. Well, yeah, depending that, that on is what the chronology most you follow. But of the that Ender's is the Quartet, most important part. A.K.A. the good ones. <laughs> Speaker for the Dead comes next. <laughs> oh my god, that's right, there's a fourth one. Yeah. I Xenocide. That's the one where I hate Ender. Actually, I think it goes there. Xenocide and then Children of the Mind. Well, whatever. We're not we're not doing either of those right now. We're doing Speaker, we're Speaker for the, for the Dead. dead. And again, Speaker for the Dead by Horse and Scott Card. Yes, very good. Pretty different from Ender's Game, considering it's the direct sequel. So, oh yeah, a whole different environment. Totally different vibe, but very, very good. Some would say even better, but we'll discuss that later. Yeah, when, you'll find out when I see Nasty better. Yes. Mm, in two weeks. <laughs> so yeah, that'll come out on. Let's see. Do you know? The third. The third of December. December 3rd, yes. December, Peter. December. December? December. Okay. And fair fair warning for the follow-up episode, folks. Um, there's a good chance it'll be late. Because that'll be right after finals week for me. Oh. 
So we'll see if I actually get around to reading it after that. Are you referring anyway. to the episode that would come out on the 17th? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll worry about so, that later. We will do our best, but that might be late. I'm pointing <laughs> you now. He's trying to manage expectations. Aggressively far in advance, unlike usually where we don't notify you at all. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to notice, right? So here it is. All right. So thank you guys um, so much for listening. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share us with your friends. Uh, comment, uh, like, subscribe on all your favorite podcasting networks, mm. podcasting mediums, and uh, podcast podcatchers. sources. There it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, fine. It's anyway, okay. <laughs> um, if you guys want to follow us for announcements of when we're going to be late and how late we're going to be, <laughs> come to Facebook.com/slash/SciFiSidebar. Uh, you can find our website at uh, signifyingnothingnetwork.com forward slash sci-fi sidebar. Uh, or, uh, or email us, us or email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. All right. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar. <laughs> it's Signifying <laughs> Nothing Network. Waiting for me to say it? No, I just like wanted to add some suspense. I did not forget the name. The Tale Told by Idiots. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you.